0: MPV Think Radio. This is Fix It 101, the home improvement show, to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibas, she's certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. It's an open topic show, so we're looking for your questions to get your projects completed around the house. We can talk about all kinds of fixes today. Also, it's time of the season where we share a few Christmas like hanging tips. Heard that a little bit earlier on Mississippi Edition. They said, Don't use a metal ladder. You got to Keep that one in mind. Join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning?
1: Awesome.
0: Okay, we got an awesome so far.
1: There we go. And look, if this weather gets any nicer, I don't know what we're going to do. If this doesn't motivate you to get out there and do something, nothing will.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, that's nice. So, so in this wonderful weather, did you get out there and do something, Jeff? Or are you just, you're just oh, talking and, big? No,
1: no, I really did something. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> did you fix anything? Well, no, no, let's not get carried away, Jason. Right. So, okay. Okay. I
1: told some people. I, I told some
0: people how to fix something. Oh, that's nice of you. <laughs> Good for you for contributing. Okay, Pam. What about you? Did you work on anything this week?
1: Oh, you know, I've
2: always got something going. Right. Uh, Santa Claus is going to bring me a brand new dishwasher on Saturday.
0: Oh nice. man, he's such a great guy.
2: I'm telling you, the dude is wonderful. And uh, but you know, I asked him for it in August.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's been COVID. There's back order even on the elves. You know what?
2: I'm telling you, yeah, that and the Chinese. Uh, right. But, yeah, it's taken me a minute to get this thing, and I wanted to give some pointers when you get a new appliance. Okay. Just And, and Jeff, you chime in here. Um, you know, when the delivery people bring it, I'm going to strongly recommend that you make them open up that box and you look at it before they decide then, to install it. it you just, know what, just in That's, case, you know,
1: yeah. we've had a boo boo and there's some damage. Uh-oh. That's not a bad idea. And look, I think we ought to talk about this because it's done wrong more than it's done right in my opinion. If
3: Agreed. you have a
1: disposal, if you have a disposal and you are going to install the dishwasher yourself or hire someone to do it, make sure that they loop the disposal line now let me explain what that means that dishwasher has a drain line it's going to drain into your disposal that little nipple on the side that's where that goes if you do not loop it which means bring it above the drain line above it above the drain point Every time you put something in the disposal, it's going to overflow and end up in your dishwasher. Yeah, and that's really yucky.
2: Yeah, that's pretty yucky. I I, I see that quite a bit in my home.
1: We do, too. (laughs) We do, too. You know, homeowner says, hey, I'm going to install my own dishwasher. And, man, why do I have all this extra hose? Well, I don't know. Just lay it right here. It'll be fine. (laughs) Well... Then it, you know, your dishwasher fills up with water and nasty food particles.
0: Right.
2: Well, wow. and let's take that a step further, Jeff. Whenever you put your garbage disposal in, brand new garbage disposal, if you don't pop the plug in that nipple, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gonna have some
1: water. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Actually, when you and, and so that everyone knows what we're talking about, when you buy a brand new. Uh, garbage disposal. You'll notice uh, there's a little there. It, once you have it out of the box, if you're going to install it yourself, make sure to read the instructions first. There's a couple of things in there, and it'll talk about that plug at the very beginning. And if this is something where you if you're the kind of person who pulls something out of the box and starts screwing it in, uh, you're gonna you're gonna goof this one up. So, you're
2: gonna be in trouble. Right,
0: right. So uh, do that. Do that. Well, uh, I'm happy you're getting a, a dishwasher for Christmas. I know. I know. Uh, at my house, my wife a couple of years ago gave up on the like uh, the big buying the big Christmas tree, and she decided she's going to start DIY crafting a Christmas tree every year. So we've had a new, different type of Christmas tree every year. Well, this year uh, she found one on, of course, Pinterest that is like flat on the wall. And so she had me go out and take two one-by-ones, about two one-by-ones. They're like 2 bucks and 34 cents for eight feet apiece, right? So I bought two of those, and I made an A-frame, a big A-frame that looks kind of like the outline of a, of a Christmas tree. Then she went and wrapped it with garland, wrapped it with lights, and, uh, and we hung it on the wall. And it looks awesome. Is completely decorated and lit up and looks just like a really cool Christmas tree, just flat and on the wall, not taking up a bunch of space.
2: So, you know what's perfect about that is that the cat can't climb
0: it. Well, and I, you know, I cautioned her on that. I'm like, I don't know if you've met many cats, but. They seem to climb straight up pretty well. But anyway, um, we're, we're waiting to see how that works out. Real quick, we've got Sean on the line in Collierville, Tennessee, uh, he's buying a new home with what he says is mold. What's going on, Sean?
4: Hey, so uh, I'm, I'm moving from southern Utah where we don't have humidity or any kind of thing like that. So it's, it's a real new issue for me. Um, real humid down there and just a lot of black spore mold. Growing on the subfloor and the floor joists, uh-huh. just didn't want my kids to get sick. So I just—I didn't know how to dry out something that's all humid already. And.
0: Well, and and since you're coming from Utah, I'm going to go ahead and give you a hint here. There's no such thing as truly drying out in Mississippi. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Um, or And you're calling from Collierville, Tennessee. <laughs> Same thing. There's, you know, your, your your world is now going to be surrounded by water when you come to Mississippi or Tennessee. So um, drying out is a different thing. Now, do you know what sort of home you're buying? Is this a conventional foundation home?
4: It's uh, on a cinder block foundation.
0: Okay. Okay. For the crawl space. All right. Well, I'll let the pros take it from there, guys.
2: Well, is your uh, air conditioning in your crawl space?
4: No, it's in like a little cupboard, the forced air type unit in a cupboard. But where
2: do the registers? Are your registers in the floor or are they up in the ceiling?
4: They're up in the ceiling. They all go through the attic.
2: Okay, so you've got room under there. And you're saying that you've seen mold in that crawl space or the home inspector called it out?
4: No, I I saw. I, I crawled under there when I was looking at it to purchase it and... It was just all
2: mildewy yeah, moldy. and
4: moldy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Welcome to the South. That's that's just about every crawl space is going to have that down here. The only way, and boy, I can't wait to hear what Jeff is going to say on this, but the only way that you're going to keep that from being like that is to encapsulate that crawl space. And that's more money than I'm going to spend on something like that.
4: Make it like a conditioned crawl space or something. Yeah. Yeah, you could if you're worried about your
2: health with your kids and your wife and whatever, what I would do is contact um, and home inspectors do this. There are some other companies that do this, but I would pay a professional and get some air sampling done because if you don't have transfer of air between that crawl space into the living area of the home, you really don't have a problem. But you, oh, okay. the only way you're going to know is to do some air sampling, and that'll tell you what that does is it counts the mold spores in the air and will let you know if there's something that could affect your health. Otherwise, you know, if there's no transfer of air and there's nothing in there, then I don't think you've got a whole lot to worry about.
4: Okay, I was kind of afraid it was just eating my subfloor and decaying it, and just sooner or later it's all going to fall apart. And am like, man, i got to get rid of this. <laughs>
2: No, I mean you could do something as far as some ventilation, maybe to get some air moving down there. But um...
1: yeah, that's that's what I was going to suggest, Pam. Let's get some okay. air moving. Um, is it dry under your home? The dirt or wet? itself is, is moist, but it, there's no pooling water or anything. Is there plastic there?
4: Uh, I think about this fifty queen. years ago there was. <laughs> It's all
1: like balled up in different corners
0: and stuff. But... Yeah, the visqueen's okay. been broken through and and knotted okay. up. Okay,
1: get some get some visqueen under your house. And uh, again, I'm going to treat my crawl space like I'm going to treat my attic. I want my attic the same temperature of outside, and I want to insulate my living envelope. So. I'm going to treat my crawl space the same way. I don't want water in my attic and I don't want water in my crawl space. So, whatever you have to do to keep that crawl space dry and some airflow, make that happen and then insulate the bottom of your floor and, and, and have your living envelope uh, conditioned. And have your attic and your crawl space unconditioned, if that okay. makes sense.
4: Yeah, now the Visqueen, do I put it on the top of the floor joist or on the top of the dirt? No, sir. No.
1: no. Lay, uh-uh, it, no. lay it directly on the ground. Okay. And
2: if you're gonna get some, I would recommend um, maybe ordering it because you want a thicker ply than what you're gonna get at these uh, big box stores. I've seen that mistake uh before. If you put a cheap poly plastic down, a roll of that, it'll just disintegrate over time. But okay. if you get a good thick, and I'm trying to remember what the number was. Well, wait, can you
0: can you um uh can you recommend any do do local type of retailers, not talking about the box stores, but do uh uh supply houses or anything like that sell this instead of going you, online? Yeah.
1: Go go to Go to your 84 Lumber. Go to your builder portals.
4: There you go. Yeah.
1: You know, okay. one local we have is price sold. But, you know, go, 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 go to where the builders buy and get a um, seven or eight mil. That's lumber. it. Okay. Yeah. And pin it down good. Then another thing with a crawl space, especially in the winter varmints love to get in that crawl space because it's warm and dry and, and, uh, boy, it's just like home to them. So make sure we keep our varmints out, whatever we have to do to do that. And what I'm talking about is raccoons. uh, Possums. You know, anything. Yeah, possums, anything. Let's keep the varmints out. Keep your attic space dry, as clean as you can keep it. And have some air movement, and and I think you're going to see your issue underneath it go 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 away. But it's 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 not something to turn a blind eye to.
0: No, Sean, um, it's it's kind of cracking me up as I'm thinking about this, and you know, all of us take a collective moment to think Utah to Mississippi. There there probably could be. Yeah, it's just, like going to the moon, man. I mean,
2: yeah. Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I hope that helped out, Sean. And um, and uh, if you need some more info, give us a holler, and uh, you can do that at fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Thanks for calling this morning. We're going to get to a couple of more uh, calls and emails coming up here in just a minute. going to take our first break, and uh, we want to hear from you. It's an open-topic show, so bring it on. Let us know what's uh, happening at your home. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. The date 672 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back.
4: Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal
0: medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On Southern Remedy, we are dedicated to keeping Mississippians healthy. Every week, I'll talk about the latest health news that's important and answer medical questions from our listeners. Call in or email the show to get information about your medical concerns. The Original Southern Remedy, Wednesday mornings at 11 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and... Licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from HouseWorks. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. I wanted to uh, throw in a tip real quick. We were talking about these winter fixes and winter prep. One of the things I thought the other day, because this happened to me last winter, and I want to spread that info, last winter, all of a sudden, our house went cold when it was very very cold outside. Our heat just shut down. It was a very scary moment. Folks, let me say this right now. If you've not thought about it in a while, go to your electronic thermostats in your home and change the battery. When the battery, <laughs> I'm telling you, when the battery goes bad in those thermostats, your system doesn't work at all. Any so, uh, yeah, go change your battery. You're like, well, I'll only put it in there, what, five months? It, you know what? Change it. It's not going to hurt anything. You don't want to <laughs> end up cold in the morning. I'm just telling you. All right, let's keep it. Well, on. you
2: could do it, do it like your, your smoke detectors.
0: Well, you know, I, you I, know I we do say that.
2: Every,
0: yeah. We say that like uh, on the smoke detectors, go ahead and change that on the thermostats. But if you didn't get the memo this year, it could be a cold morning. So go ahead and do it. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, we got Bill on the line in Shelby County. You got a comment about mold. What's going on, Bill?
3: Well, I got a comment about what y'all just talked about. If you change your, your uh, batteries in your uh, smoke detectors, yes, change the one on the thermostat at the same time, right. you should have it, no problem. Now, as far as the mold goes, uh, it, when uh, uh, he was talking about the mold, has he had any mold remediation done? Uh, which probably would be a good idea, uh, in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, also, uh, going to the moon, I'm thinking more like going from the moon down to swamp land of Louisiana.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I thought uh, it, was, it was kind of funny. I was wondering, because we were talking about all the critters that could get up under your house, and I, I thought he's thinking, where am I going, man? I mean, it's like I'm moving yeah. into the woods.
3: <laughs> really, really. Well, I, I welcome the, the visitor from uh, Utah to, to uh, the area. I hope he likes it here. It's a great place for him to be.
0: That's right. We'll treat him right. Thanks a lot, Bill. We appreciate it. Okay, I got an email in from, we, we had a question last week, someone called, we were talking about tools for uh, holiday time, you know, and and someone called and said, hey, where can I get an American-made tool? And we mentioned that Milwaukee tools were built right here in Mississippi, uh, along with other places, but more than half of their workforce for, for, for that company works right here in Mississippi. So, uh, but we got a, uh, an email and she said, we want to give my son a Sawzall. Like y'all have been talking about on the show. We can pay for a good one, but don't want to spend more money than necessary, of course. I saw a DeWalt 20-volt XR recommended. It has a two-year warranty. You were talking about Milwaukee tools. They have a five-year warranty. Are they worth the extra expense? That's a big question. Uh, he says uh, they say they he, he does a fair amount of yard work at his house and for others in the family. We'd like him to be able to cut down small trees. It's just something he does on the weekend. What would y'all recommend? Uh, love listening to all the morning shows on MPB. Cool. So, okay, uh, regarding that sawzall, uh, depending if you if you want to get a sawzall, let me say there's nothing wrong with Dewalt brand. Dewalt is kind of the higher middle brand of stanley black and decker uh stanley and black and decker is a single company that owns brand names like dewalt Irwin, craftsman no craftsman is not owned by sears anymore it's owned by stanley black and decker so uh but in milwaukee is owned by the company that owns ryobi and rigid and Hart. by the way if you go by like a, a wally oh, sorry walmart can't call it Wally World, I guess. Uh, you'll see Heart Tools. That one's part of that Milwaukee Milwaukee brand, TTI Tools. But let me say this: as far as quality, Dewalt's a quality product. Uh, I got no problem with a Dewalt. I do question if you want a sawzall for cutting down trees. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't particularly like that for cutting down trees. There's a better product. They make a battery-packed um, rechargeable nice little chainsaw. So it's a it's a Cobalt and uh, does a does a great job for, you know, non-commercial use.
0: Right. Cobalt uh, is a house brand for Lowe's if you don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And it
1: and it and it's safer. Uh, you know, I'm glad we're talking about tools and you know, let's 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 always be careful when we're when we're working with power tools, and we don't do it every day for a living. Right. Um, read the read the safety manual. One of the worst accidents we had in my company was with a sawzall. Um, so
0: yeah, um, Th- these tools a the sawzall. The if you've never seen a sawzall, it it literally looks like one of the most dangerous tools you'll ever see in your life. It's scary. And when, you, yeah. and when you use it, if you're not ready for it, it's like shooting a gun the first time. You're not ready for it. There you go. It's big, heavy, yeah, and pulls it you around.
2: It'll uh, shake you to death.
0: It will. It will. And um, a chainsaw is, uh, of some sort, is much better for a tree, not talking about the tree, for you. Uh, a Sawzall can be used to, yes, cut anything, but it is, uh, boy, it's, it's as much a weapon as it is a tool.
2: Now I use my gentlemen. I do use my sawzall to cut down uh, shrubs. I was mentioning last week that I took down my banana plant Mm -hmm. and my um, angel trumpet, and those things are about I don't know six inch diameter. Mm -hmm. So
0: okay, Okay. I mean,
2: I well, I I cut them down. Now I cut them short, and then I cut it down.
1: Let's let's remember what a sawzall is built for and let's remember what a chainsaw is designed for a chainsaw is designed to cut a limb or a a tree because the limb will move so when you take that sawzall sawzall does not like a a um, surface that moves a sawzall likes something that is stationary so again Let's don't put, let's don't put the round dowel in a square hole and beat it in with a hammer. Let's use the right tool for the right job.
0: Yeah, and it,
2: see, I only got only got two bushes.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: and, I don't really want to go and, out and buy a chainsaw and Pam, with two bushes. <laughs> you only have eight fingers and two thumbs. Right, right, yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, I will say to to the uh, to the listener to the person that wrote in uh, Dewalt's a fine tool um, and a lot of people swear by it um, and so that would be fine if that is what you're deciding to do. What I would say is kind of pick out the things that he probably does the most and buy the tool that fits that. I almost always think of a sawzall as an inside tool. What I mean, bringing down walls inside right. and things like that. Um, you're right. So, so anyway, do a little research on what you think the right tool might be. And, yes, you can find that online. But uh, unless – if he's cutting down trees, uh, I'm just going to have to say a saw of some sort. Probably not an indoor sawzall, but a, a chainsaw of some sort. Anyway, all right, uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. We were talking about those uh, thermostat batteries a little bit earlier – And is there any of those things, are there any of those things that you guys can think of for the winter that we need to be prepared for? Now, we've all heard to seal our windows and doors and things of that nature in the past, put up your weather strips. Um, Is there something that that we're not thinking of right now that that really needs to be considered?
1: Well, you know, we don't want to beat this dead horse, but let's— Let's get our let's get our chimney flues looked at. You know, oh, we talked yeah. about that last week. Um, You're right. And it's not a bad idea uh, to go ahead and turn that furnace on. Just make sure that the blower's working,
4: and mm-hmm.
1: you know, let's use it before we need it. And uh, you'll you know you'll thank me when it's 28 degrees out.
0: Yeah, I've always... you
2: know another thing. Something that I do is that I have I'm on a maintenance contract with my HVAC guys, uh-huh. and so I just have them come out before the season. I'm a little late this year. The guys come in Monday to check my furnace, mm-hmm. uh, but we were so busy I couldn't meet them. But I like to have my equipment looked at once a year before that season starts, and what that does for me. And I pay a service contract. But what that does, it get, number one, it gives them peace of mind. And number two, it puts me at the top of the list if there's an emergency. <laughs> huh. So if I wake up and my air's out and I give them a call, they're going to look and say, oh, Pam's on a service right. contract. We'll get somebody over there right away. Yeah,
0: Pam's already paying us. So
2: Right.
5: Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Good point. You know what, uh, folks, time for another break. Uh, We want to hear from you today. You can join with your questions and comments. Just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back.
3: Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. On Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app.
0: You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with uh, Pam Pibus, ASCHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from HouseWorks. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB Public Media app. Check that out. Doing doing okay. All right, you guys ready for a question from email? Here we go. Yep. All right, uh, to the Fix-It 101 team. Hi there. Thank you for the broadcast. Learned a lot by listening to it. Today, I'm asking for your advice. I have a screen door with a metal frame that is causing issues. It's on my garden shack. The frame or door has moved a little so that the door is touching the frame, and I have trouble opening and closing the door. On a wooden door, I would just file the area down, but how do I fix this on a metal door frame? uh, pros. What do you guys think?
2: Well, well, you got, you got to bring that door back square. It's right.
1: And it's, I'm going to, I'll let you handle it, ma'am.
2: Well, I would I don't know. What's that little thingy called Jeff that you would put on a door to bring it back square? A they, shim? You put a little, well, no, it's like a wire. A turnbuckle,
1: a, a, a turnbuckle, but I, I'm going to make it easier than that. Um, and I'm assuming a lot of things here, but let's assume that the door is not damaged. It's just out of square. Um, I'm going to shim the hinges. So my door, let's say it's sagging at the top. Okay. Meaning when I shut it, it it's, it's touching at the, um, at the top, um, parallel, uh, top, um, um, God, what's it called? It's not horizontal. It's
0: vertical. Vertical.
1: vertical. It's touching <laughs> at the vertical in the top. Okay. Okay. That indicates the top hinge needs to be sucked back into the jam
0: ah. or the bottom hinge needs
1: to be pushed out.
0: Now, there's a couple of ways to I'm do that.
1: Square the door.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of ways to do that. One of the things that you can look at is where the, the top hinge is. Uh, there should be a few screws, at least three, uh, usually four. But anyway, those screws are there, and you can see if they've loosened all or anything. You can tighten them in there. But another trick that a lot of people do is take one of those at least screws out and use a, a longer screw to kind of grab more of the thing on the inside so that you can pull it, pull the the whole door, hinge and all, closer to the original place right the other idea like jeff was saying was hinging the uh, other shimming the other end which is you go down to the bottom hinge and you can put a shim in there which is a, a a a kind of a uh a wedge usually wooden or plastic wedge that you can put in sure. there. And then you put uh, the, the the hinge on top of that wedge and screw it back into the wall. What it's done is it's realigned the door to the frame when you do that.
1: Right. And you can, you can do that with a piece of cardboard behind the hinge. You can mm-hmm. do it with washers behind the hinge. Um, okay. And uh, with, a, with a little washer, you can get very, very precise and the trick with the long screw go ahead and put the long screw in there too to give yourself some adjustment
0: ah good point okay right. I hope that helps out thank you very much Kathleen's on the line uh, in Osaka what you got going on Kathleen
6: well it's just a tip for people who get uh, my age and have to worry about walking to and from the car and around when you have to look at stuff Mm -hmm. keep a little emergency bag in a closet near the front door, uh, a bag of sand that you can put out in the sidewalk so you don't slip and fall. We don't get snow, but we get ice. Huh. And if you have a path to follow that you have to go outside for your uh, electrical stuff, make sure that's clear and stash some of these, uh, what do you call them, uh, glow sticks, uh, solar lamps, In that area, so your path is lit without doing any extra um, wiring or electrical.
0: Great idea, Kathleen.
6: You have a windshield too. If you your windshield, you know how it gets icy, and some people you can't put a hose on it. It's a distance away, right? Instead of just putting a windshield screen on the inside, take one and put it on the outside too, and you don't have to worry about tying it down. Just get like a little old plastic coat bottle or something, fill it up with dirt, sand, rocks, whatever, and tie it to the corners to hold it in place. You don't need any strength to tie it down. And you just move it and it keeps the windshield below the uh, above the freezing and help you out when you go in the morning.
0: Very good. Thank you very much. Hey, you know, I read an article the other day. It was really neat that said, that said they had gone through all the scientific data and tried several different ways to do this and found the way, the best way to defrost a car window. They had just the right combination. They figured it out. Okay, you ready? So you, you, turn, you turn your defrost on all the way, full blast, Turn your air condition button on, but do not recycle. Take the air from the outside um Let your windows down just a smidge to let that old air out and let it cool out. What's going on is that the air outside is a different moisture level than the air inside. you got to work that out as soon as you open the windows, roll them back up, and just let it sit there like I said, full blast on defrost you know the warm. Uh, but with the AC button on, because the AC gets rid of humidity in the car, uh, and that'll that'll clear it as, uh, as fast as anything. But they said that they literally tried every way they've ever heard to defrost a windshield fastest without scraping, and that was it. So there you go. All right, wow. let's yeah, let's keep on moving. Like we say what? I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, So we've got another question here on email. By the way, if you want to call in, it's 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Hi, we've got laminate wood flooring. We also have nine dogs, house dogs. Concrete flooring would make my life so much easier. My question is, if we remove the laminate, Can the concrete be sanded and stained, or will we need to pour a layer of concrete over the subfloor and stain that? Is it possible, or just put down big tile pieces? What do you guys think?
1: Hmm. Pam? Well,
2: (laughs) I'm thinking I'm going to put a fence up and put those dogs in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: (laughs) here's 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 the real truth. Here's the issue. Is it a glue-down floor? If it's a glue-down floor, you've got a job in front of you, let me tell you. Yeah. Not only do you have to get the floor up, you have to get the glue up. The glue is down in The concrete is porous. Uh, You will never get it stained.
0: Um, Right. And, folks, if you've never pulled out the glue that comes – like, if you pull up a laminate and there's glue down on that concrete – it's not right. something where you peel. It's a big scraper. It's like a forty-pound scraper that you have to right. use to get this stuff off of there. And,
1: and then on top of that, uh, pour a layer of concrete on top of it. No, that's not going to work. You've got you've got baseboard. You got door casings. No, absolutely not. In um, the perfect
2: world, if it's a la- if it's a floating floor, you're golden. But if it's well, put down, you're in a lot of trouble.
1: <laughs> you are, but construction 101, when the paint crew went in there to paint your cabinets, door casings, baseboard, it was done before the floor was laid. Where did all the overspray on the paint go? On the floor. On the floor. So after the fact, staining your interior concrete is probably. Um, scale of one to ten it's 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 somewhere in the middle okay. so um not saying it can't be done but you've got some there's some other alternatives
0: so what okay? what her idea of just putting down a uh, big uh tile pieces would that would that fix the issue
1: i like i like tile i really do uh now your downside there you've got grout to contend with but okay. A very durable floor.
0: Yeah, I I have uh, dogs also and a tile floor. And I didn't quite care for the tile when it first went down. I felt it was a little hard and cold. But uh, I can tell you with the dogs, it's it's, it's the stuff. So much less to clean. So much.
2: You know, and Jeff, you put that laminate down in my place and I ended up, you know, for that show. And I put it throughout. I just bought another batch of it and put it all down. And I love it with pets. I mean... Oh,
1: it's very durable.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they sell a new vinyl-type flooring now that is darn near indestructible that you should really look at that's becoming a big thing. you've got pets,
2: yeah. Pets are allergies.
0: (laughs) Right, right. All right, let's go to uh, Dennis in Millington. He's got a question about uh, remodeling the home. What's going on, Dennis? Uh, Thanks.
5: I... I'm about to uh, get involved in uh, some major upkeep and remodeling of our 80-year-old house. It's uh, uh, Arkansas Fieldstone on the outside, and uh, we're going to do everything from new vinyl siding to our our back to the wood and uh, minor uh, kitchen, bathroom remodeling, Mm -hmm. uh, floors refinishing, just lots and lots of stuff what is the best way for me to find a good contractor that works with old houses? Uh, and, uh, how do I protect myself and make sure I'm taking care of the way I should be?
0: Um, I'm going to lay, I'm going to put that one real <laughs> quick on Jeff. Uh, is there, a, is, is there a certification yeah. type thing, Jeff?
1: Music to my ears. I love that question. <laughs> uh, uh, the first thing you're going to do is call, um, your uh local board of contractors because the first thing you're going to do is hire a a licensed contractor the second thing you're going to do is call your um uh home builders association find out who's active find out and they can tell you oh man james smith over here is a great remodeler he just finished the antebellum home so and so you're, you're going to learn so much by doing those two things. I want you to do one more thing. Once you okay. find your contractor, ask them a very simple question. Tell me whose house you working on right now? What what project are you doing right now? Oh, great. Okay. Do you mind if I call them? They're, they're, uh-huh. they're, it's so simple. Yeah. Yes, sir.
5: Okay. T- tell me one more time those two groups. Okay, you
1: you're want to call your you want to call your board of contractors. That is the that is the state agency that issues license to contractors and remodelers.
0: Right, and, and you're in you're in Tennessee, I right? I
1: don't remember where you
0: said you're from. Where Millington, is, Tennessee. Yeah, Millington. Okay,
1: oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Around the, uh, I used to live in Germantown. So, yeah, yeah. so. So call the licensing body of, of the state of Tennessee and uh, tell them you're looking. And you can do all this online. You don't have to call anybody. That's then yeah. call your local home builders association.
0: Mm-hmm. The, one, the one in yeah. North Mississippi, there's one in North Mississippi, but I'm not sure about the Memphis area. Yeah. Got you. So I'm sure you'll run into it. But, yeah, check those yeah. two things. Um, and with his contractor, Jeff, is there anything specific he needs to ask this contractor about the age of his home? Is there anything that?
1: Sure. Sure. Are you are you familiar with remodeling uh, older homes? And right. At that point, the contractor's are going to say, oh, man, that's brand new to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not discounting you right now. I am going to interview mm-hmm. someone else.
5: Well, I, want somebody, I want somebody that can do a good job and do what we need to make it livable, but I don't want to destroy the character of an eighty-year-old house.
1: That's right. That's right. That that is why <clears throat> a home builder is not is not who you want. You want right. a remodel that is that is you know to the uh, older home knows where to go get the good. trim uh, matched. If you can't get the trim matched. He can, uh, he can, he can, he um, can, he can go uh, have it have it made at a, a mill shop. They can do actually to, t- do, cut a do knife and have it about, made.
5: About, uh, uh, contracts in terms of cost, time, things like that.
1: Ask that question again, please.
5: In, in terms of like contracts, do I have? To, do I want to make sure I've got a contract that, that solidifies cost? Are sure involved or what
1: most, most definite let's make sure that all parties are <clears throat> excuse me are uh, on the same page you're you're going to take care of a b c and d and it's going to cost me x i
5: got you okay you
2: Good. know and something else keep in mind that whoever your remodeler is they're going to be pulling permits Unless you're like out in the sticks somewhere. But if they're pulling a permit, that means somebody's coming and checking this work as it's being done. And I cannot stress how important that is. And if it's a project that's like in these rural areas, uh, they will, I strongly recommend that they hire an inspector to come in and check that work out. Because you don't want to get stuck with something or bad work. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. just make sure that there's somebody watching
5: I want to be able to sell it someday, so I need to make sure everything's done the way it's supposed to be done.
2: Correct. Exactly, yeah. Right. And if you're in closer into Memphis, there may be, you know, when they pull the permit, somebody's going to be watching. But out in the country, you know, way, way out, I, you know, that's my worst phone call is a home inspection that's in the middle of nowhere because nobody's been watching.
0: <laughs> well, and one of the things to look out for, Dennis, and it might not be a bad idea to speak with uh, an inspector to, to look at the home because in an 80-year-old home, you know, you've got to ask yourself, has anyone ever replaced the wiring in this home? Is You know, there's lots no. of things to think about that you might right. want an inspector to look exactly.
5: at. Exactly, exactly. I really appreciate this information. It helps tremendously.
0: Thank you, sir. This is what we're here Thanks. for, hopefully. For <laughs> Have a good day. All right, folks, we're going to take our uh, final break for the hour. Uh, it's time. Uh, you can call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back.
5: south dining is the show all about the culture of southern flavor from fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our mpb public media app
6: this podcast is a local production of mississippi public broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you if you can please donate today at mpbonline.org and thanks
0: This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Uh, Number to call today is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. I've got a real stumper of an email that I have saved for the two of you for the end of the show here. You ready? Okay, email says, I need tips on how to remove a recessed set screw Allen type from the handle on a single lever shower faucet. The handle is loose on the shaft. The shower is still usable, but the handle jiggles. When I try to tighten the set screw, it turns easily, but does not advance to tighten. Likewise, when I turn the screw to loosen it, it turns easily. But does not retract. It seems to have somehow jumped the threads or the threads are stripped. I've had this lever off before for faucet repairs, so I know that the shaft has a flat side where the set screw engages. But the shaft is enlarged at one end, so the lever doesn't fall off, even when the set screw loose. I think all that to say that the screw doesn't work. Uh, So right now, I have a loose handle that I can't tighten. Uh, the set screw won't advance, and i can't remove it because the set screw will not retract enough to let the handle slip off the end of the shaft all right, I know that went real deep, guys, but the whole point is this guy can't get the knob the handle off of his faucet um because of this one screw, which is an allen type screw, but that doesn't seem to have threads uh thoughts. Besides time a blow to torch.
2: It's time to go buy a new lever.
0: Okay. So let's get the new lever. How do we get the old one off now? The screw doesn't work. That's
2: where you use your saws off. See, We've yeah. got, <laughs> we
1: got we got two parts mm. to this
0: question. Okay.
1: All uh, right. Let's let's handle the first part. Uh get a drill and a drill bit, drill the set screw out, handle will come right off. Ooh. Very simple and then simply go down and buy a trim um, a, a, a trim kit for whatever faucet you have if it's Delta that's great go to your local plumbing supply house get a new trim kit um, and uh put your trim kit back on and you're you're good to go Bam done
0: that can't be that easy yes it is see I was I was. Now- I was like frustrated, like three, like a third of the way into that email and decided to just go ahead and blow that faucet up with a sledgehammer or something and start again. Uh, I will say turn the water off first.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't really even have to do that, but it's a good idea. Uh, The only thing that's hurt on that faucet is the trim kit.
0: Huh. So. Okay. So this is not as bad as it seems from this, uh. No situation. No. Okay, so a good drill bit to get into that uh recessed screw.
1: Yep. Drill it out. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, and, and your your handle's gonna fall off at that point.
0: All right. Well
2: Jeff Hey uh, Jeff, you're talking your about taking a you're taking a tiny drill bit and drilling down into that screw and then taking another screw bit and screwing it out.
1: Well, you won't even have to screw it out at that point because you're gonna destroy it with your drill bit. So there's there there will be no set screw there anymore.
2: And that's what you're saying, dude. I'm just want to be clear. Yes.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Perfect. That's what that, I was thinking. Yeah. 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 Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that you know what uh, I'm I that that did not serve my purpose. I picked that email because I thought it was going to be hard and take us all the way to the top of the hour. But no, you're just no, like nah, no, no big deal. That one,
1: that one's easier than launching the space shuttle.
0: Okay. okay. All right. All right. Uh, Okay, you know what, I'll go ahead and throw in another one Here we go I have a ranch style house built in 1970 The house has always had problems with mildew under the eaves and porches When the mildew is cleaned off, it reappears within a couple of months Welcome to Mississippi The paint is new and great condition We have noticed after a rain that the eaves and porch ceilings sweat for a day or two after the rain has gone Other houses on the street don't seem to have this problem Any ideas? Bango. Ventilation.
2: Yep.
0: Okay, so ventilation in the attic.
2: There's not enough ventilation in the attic.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. A, a quick fix there.
2: I don't know if there's a quick fix. I mean, you got to look at you probably get a roofer over there because you're either going to need a turbine or a ridge vent or the soffit vents are covered up.
0: Okay. Um, okay, I see what you're saying. So basically, open that back up. Whether any may have a dead whirly bird or a or a a power vent that doesn't work anymore or something of that. Yeah. Nature.
2: Right. All of the above. Yeah. But if you don't have enough ventilation, you're going to end up with you know because we we like to. Everything sweats here. Right. (laughs) Even the house.
0: Right. Sorry, guy that's coming from Utah. That's what you're coming
2: to. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Sean. I'm apologizing again.
0: (laughs) Right. All right, folks. (laughs) Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. show. Uh, Everyday Tech with Jay White. It's coming up next, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.